0: Hey everybody, it's We Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. I'm Michael, the 5 is silent, and Mindy's on the other side. Du jour means Mindy.
1: (laughs) Du jour means so many things. Du jour means more than you could possibly imagine. But most importantly... Dujour means hygiene, which may be my favorite movie, a favorite line in the whole movie. I don't know. I
0: can't decide. <laughs> I love when he's sad. Line. He goes. Dujour means family.
1: I know he's so sad. I feel so bad for him.
0: The uh, I, I feel like we shouldn't have. I shouldn't have watched them in the order that I watched them. Which order do you watch Maybe.
1: this?
0: The order that we're discussing them. So Josie then Banslam? Indeed. Okay, so I went with Band Slam first, and you're set up with such um, a wonderful, different tone that I wasn't prepared for the silliness of Josie and the Puss So I should have done it first. So if you are going to do this double feature, I would suggest watching Josie first as a warm-up yeah. because there's some stuff in Band Slam that's a lot heavier. Um, that's not to say there isn't some real emotion. There's some real complications in Josie and the Pussycats. I really don't think that Elfant and... Oh, crud. Who are the directors again? Uh, Deborah... Deborah Kaplan and I should look this Harry
1: up. Harry
0: Yeah, I th- I think that they have a lot of silliness in their two movies, um, but there's also yeah. a lot of heart, and I think it gets I mean, people don't notice is, it.
1: There is also a message there, but they the way they go about it is I mean so there's so much silliness that if you didn't want to see it, you wouldn't, you know?
0: Yeah. You know what's interesting is that Archie does not come out. There's never been an Archie movie. There's been the cartoons and the TV show, and I think there was like one reunion movie where they were adults or something back in the 90s. But Hmm. we have this world that's established in this. They mention they're going to go to Riverdale, and this is a spinoff of Archie, but at no point do they even mention that. They even say, what's-his-face, Alan M. is the cutest guy in Riverdale. So making no well, notice, they, it, yeah.
1: they live in Riverdale. I mean, everything starts in Riverdale. Oh, All that, that when they're oh. it starts in Riverdale, and then they go to New York. But oh, okay, I it, thought sometimes I
0: thought they were visiting Riverdale because uh, that's where Alan M yeah. left. Never mind. Sorry, uh, I wasn't okay. completely locked in at the beginning of this movie. But that's okay, uh, it
1: well is, we have seen it like thirty times. So
0: yeah, what's funny is that we got so close around ninety one with Corey Haim being Archie and it just never went because of his drug problems so there could have been an established oh, for world fir- yeah he got really close they were in pre-production they were starting <sighs> casting and then he got busted for his drug use you know and cory feldman got busted around the same time their careers are ruined um we'll we'll be discussing the uh that world eventually with license to drive or uh dream a little dream or something one of the two are going to come up eventually <laughs> um sure but uh, you know that the,
1: makes a lot of sense because you know, um, um the the whole comic. I don't. Who, who does Archie Comics? I mean,
0: who's the? No, it's, it's the company's name is Archie Comics.
1: So Archie Comics is. I mean, they're pretty pure I guess is the word I'm looking for there's a, there's such a you know simplicity and like sincerity to it um, through all the years that they've made the Archie comics you know when I was a kid I didn't read a lot of comics except for Archie Yeah, when I, I used was, to read them. I mean, like,
0: yeah, they're a under lot of fun. the
1: age of 10 years old I was so into Archie um, so I'm pretty familiar with you know that world. Um, not quite as much with Josie and the Pussycats, although of course, you know, they, they made appearances, but, um, it's certainly not because I was like a, you know, diehard Josie and the Pussycats fan that I really wanted to see this movie, but I didn't see it at the theater because I don't think it had much of a run, but dang, when it came out on video, I was like, yes. And, like, yeah, I rented, thought like, you had seen it in out. the theaters
0: because you were—you must have no. seen it on video somewhere else before you and I watched it together because you already knew and you were telling me it was such a great movie and I was like, okay, I'll watch it.
1: Well, I mean, I think it, when, I, when it came out on video, I was in college. I was doing a lot of shit that you didn't know about. That's true. <laughs> I mean,
0: well, no, I thought at this I mean, point you had moved back home, but I can't remember when you moved back, what ooh, year that was.
1: I can't remember exactly what year it was. Maybe it was... I don't know, do it. let's yeah. not Yeah, it. let's not go too I far don't. down
0: that well. Um, but so for me, I think uh, part of it was the fact that it was from the directors of Can't Hardly Wait, which we had already been massive fans right. of and seen a bazillion times. But yeah. it was the rise of the girl rock thing. You know, we had a small period like in the late 70s, early 80s uh, with like the Runaways and Go-Go's and, and Pat Benatar and stuff like that. But it kind of faded mm-hmm. away. But you look at the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s and I think the girl rock revival was basically a call to, hey, we're not all Spice Girl kind of music. And that's when you got, like, mm-hmm. S- uh, the Donna, Sahara Hot Nights, uh, Avril Bean, Um Who am I missing? There's someone else I feel like that was really big in Girl Rock. Oh, of course, there's no doubt. They were kind of, like, the first one on the scene. Save Ferris. Yeah, all
1: the things I love. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there was a combination of uh, the liking so much the, the first movie by those directors, uh, and also just the fact that we, it appeared to be, and was, very music heavy, you know, and we have said many times how we're uber fans of, you know, not, I mean, I am a huge musical fan, but also just movies that are based, you know, music is very, Huge part of the plot, uh, it's just something that's very appealing to me. I, I just, I don't know why, it just, it just is. So, um, I have seen this movie at least 20 times, at least once for every year it's been out. Uh, we are six days away from its 20th anniversary, the 20th anniversary of its release, which is part of the reason why we're doing this now. Um, just because the timing is so lovely. Um, but um, I think a lot of people think this is a really dumb movie, but I just think that it is so much fun. It's so. Um...
0: Yeah, I don't understand the dumb part because just, what they're doing yeah, satirically. There's sincerity
1: underneath, to it.
0: Yeah, there, well, there's sincerity, but there's also a lot of satire about how things are marketed. And this is during that teen. Right. Uh, you know the pop band uh, craze, yes. and it's kind of poking yes. fun of that before anybody else was really doing that. And right. so, underneath all the silliness, which I think the silliness is actually really well done, I can't believe that somehow, uh, uh, shit, a her name, but the one that no one likes, uh, 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 Tara,
1: Tara Reid. Reed.
0: Yes, Tara Reed is usually god awful in every single last fucking thing that she's ever been in, but she. Plays dumb.
1: It's so sweet, yes. adorable.
0: Yeah, you cannot play dumb. Bugger. That if you're already dumb, you cannot play dumb if you're already dumb. You in you order know, to get it right. Yeah.
1: I don't. I. I don't think she's dumb at all. I think she's just ha- made some bad choices in her personal life, and that's totally unfortunately crapped on her career. Yeah. Um. I don't necessarily think she's a bad, bad actress. I mean, she hasn't made a ton of movies that are that I would consider, like, awesome. But she was also in, like, The Big Lebowski. And, yeah. Well, you know, she should she not be serious. Like,
0: That's the problem. They keep casting her in these purposely bad dramas. And she yeah. is ridiculous when she's... But when she's silly and sweet... She should be doing more comedies. And I don't understand why she's yeah. not.
1: Basically, through this whole movie, I just... I thought to myself... How much of this is scripted, and, and is she just be, like, is she just goofing around? I wondered how much of it was just like off the cuff. Like, is she funny or is she just delivering the lines well? I mean, either way, it doesn't really matter. But it's just like some of the stuff was just so goofy that I was just like, like, is this actually scripted? Cause it's just
0: too goofy. <laughs> Do you, you know, know what I, what I mean? kept thinking oh. of? I kept thinking of Ger. She's the Ger of this movie. <laughs>
1: Oh, That makes so much sense There's no maliciousness to her
0: crazy behavior She just says whatever pops in her head When she says I want to go back in time To meet Snoopy I almost wanted to cry, hug her, and laugh my ass off
1: Yeah, I want to meet Snoopy too (laughs) If I could go back in time I'd want to meet Snoopy Which is absurd for so many reasons That I don't think I actually have to explain Uh, But it's just I know, and at the like at the very beginning, the beginning credits when they're like you know introducing them in their little montage or whatever, and she has all these like all those signs on the side of the road because she clearly like has well. passion for a lot of things <laughs> and God. and you know uh, you know honk if you like dogs, honk if you like pussy and then the, and she's like what's happening and then her ca- her sign really says pussy cats but she like i don't know i mean it's a little bit dirty but in like a real but in a in a sincere
0: yeah <laughs> this is pg-13 but boy know? it tesla i can't believe that they let him even do these jokes because this is a warner brother hannah Barbera cartoon <laughs> and universal's yeah, like yeah i, I will it.
1: tell you I can't remember what I read, but there was something that they made the girls, or they they made them remove from the the script uh, because Archie Archie Comics demanded that they remove something because they didn't want to, like, you know, because of the image that they have. Um, I can't remember what it was, but something that they thought was too too raunchy or something <laughs> in a movie or, with
0: or a comic. song called backdoor lover
1: <laughs> and, yet, and yet years later they allowed for the riverdale tv show and that is some fucked up shit y'all if you have not seen it I haven't. like for forget it i mean there's there's no purity left in riverdale it is gone y'all so, I mean, it is a really entertaining r- ridiculousness, but it is not pure and sweet like Archie Comics. So, um, so I don't really know what their problem was. I guess 20 years later, they just needed to make some money. I think them.
0: what really changed it was the Archie afterlife. That introduced Probably. it to a whole new audience, and it's, it's separated because we still have all the Archie comics on uh, yeah. the stands. I mean, we have not at work. It's literally the last of the the ones you find in the newsstands uh, comic yeah. books. You know, those little digests you find everywhere. Other than the, the yeah, this world, they've had so much success with like the Sonic uh, comic books. You still see those.
1: Yeah. It's just interesting cuz I get you're right. I mean I I've, I've even read the Archie Afterlife. I've read, you know, the Jughead Hunger. I've read so many different, you know, versions. There's so many different so there, there's the Betty and Veronica vixens where they're like biker babes. You know, okay. it's mean? like there, it's it's terrible. I'm sorry, it's terrible. But Archie meets um, the Punisher you know, is a
0: real thing. What there's, there's, the
1: fuck? <laughs> there's still so there's so many different versions of, you know, that, yeah, right, they can, they can be dark, and they can be, uh, there's one that's where Veronica's a vampire, I mean, there's just, there's so many different ones, but, um, you know, they all can exist in the same world, I guess, so, um, anyway, let's actually talk about the movie, um, so, so, uh, you know, this is the first, I think the first time, I was introduced to Rosario Dawson, and I was like, "Who's that? I've never seen her before." And I was like, all mad because I didn't know who she was, and she was like some unknown. Although I realized that that's not actually true; that she has done, she had done other stuff. But, um, um, but you know, this movie is kind of a, a, a really pure, really good example of like, you know, casting who was really hot in the moment. Yeah as opposed to, like, enduring. <laughs> well, you know what's weird is
0: Rosario Dawson, there's two phases of her. There's the younger, innocent version, true. but once she made yes. Sin City, everybody saw her in a different light. And I don't yeah. technically That's like true. that version. I, uh, you know, at the time this came out, I had the worst crush on her. She was so uh, adorable in this movie. you think it would be oh, Rachel I mean, Lee she... Cook, but it's not. Still
1: kinda, I still kind of have a crush on Rosario Dawson, too. She's just so rad. Anyway, um... Yeah, Rachel Lee Cook, I think I really wanted to be her at some point in life. Um, Well, it helps you have
0: the same last name, and and, uh, you're both short uh, brunettes.
1: (laughs) I mean, I guess we have some, some similarities. Um... I think the casting of this was interesting. I mean, I have no... uh, Except for, you know, back then, I was like, who's that? But I don't really have a problem with it. I think that they're, like... The chemistry that the three of them have was really cool. I don't know if they, like, you know, had them, like, hang out together beforehand to bond. I feel like they did, because they had a really good vibe. Um, I would say... Like, I don't understand how they could be that good of a band and never be able to have gigs, only be able to play in a bowling alley where they had to pay for their own shoe rental. Yes. Well, here's
0: the thing, though, that I've read over the years in, like, a lot of uh, biographies, you know, from musicians or whatever. This is what actually happens in the world. If you are not a cover band, you're fucked. Nobody will book you. Because they want the audience to hear songs they already know. You may be able to slip in one or two originals, but in general yeah, they want you sense. to be a cover band, so it's hard to also they're girls. Girls at the time did not sell I mean we're we're on the verge of them breaking through in two thousand and one, but when this was filmed two thousand, we're still it's yeah. still too early. And I can see why it also depends on what kind of city. I have no idea where Riverdale is. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a country town. Maybe they're not into rock and roll.
1: I think it's it's mythical, like Springfield.
0: Yeah, but I don't know what their the <laughs> mythology that they've built of this town. You know, I mean, it could be redneck. I as right, far as no. I know, yeah.
1: I think it's sort of like that. You know, that small small town life. Yeah, I think so. Uh, good point. Um, the music in this movie. Is rad. I love it. Um, I mean, obviously, Du Jour has some really raunchy songs, but they're also still really catchy. And I think that they did an excellent job of, you know, uh, making this seem really like like a bands of the time.
0: Yeah, like, I didn't know, you know that Tom Hanks was involved in this in, in a way because his record label, Playtone... Um, worked with Sony, so it's a collaboration between Babyface and, sadly, rest in peace, Adam Schlesinger, who we lost last year to COVID. Uh, he yeah. was the lead singer, no, not lead singer, the lead writer for the songs of Fountains of Wayne.
1: Yeah. Um, you know what's super funny is I did not know until the, 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 this most recent watch of the movie that the whole like behind the music thing with like Captain and Tennille, <laughs> that that was like, Babyface.
0: Yeah, was it Captain? What's
1: his real name?
0: Captain Tenille and uh it was like Canada and the chief and <laughs> <laughs> the chief um,
1: and the chief.
0: What was it? Uh, anyway, I don't know what baby. It's something Edmonds. I can't remember. It's his... Edmonds
1: or something like that. Yeah, I did not know that that was him until like this time, and I was just like, oh damn. Um. So that just made it a little bit more fun. Like they they did so many things to poke fun at like the popularity of the time, like MTV, VH1, Behind the Music. Um. You know the, the boy like, bands,
0: the, the fucking endless un- amount. The the um. Uh, what was I gonna say? The uh, commercial placement. You know, there's so much product placement oh in this
1: movie. Oh my god. <laughs> what's but funny is you know you know what's helpful. Like, Sorry. That's, not, that's the point
0: yeah it was also helpful to the budget honestly because they had (laughs) those guys actually did pay to have that stuff in the movie therefore you got the joke and the money
1: right brilliant 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 um yeah and you know the the casting of of the the guys in the boy band were just like you know they weren't in very much but they're hilarious
0: and we're having Um, a can't hardly wait reunion with a lot of these guys Wait.
1: Well, I think all, all of these guys. I think all of the guys played a. Were in the band in can't hardly wait.
0: Except for Alexander Martin, who was the kitty cat. Yes. Yon, 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 yon.
1: <laughs> Rawr. Yes. Um. Interestingly, or not, I don't know.
0: Uh, <laughs> you don't like it. Fuck you. Um,
1: <laughs> what was I gonna say? Uh, what's his name? was married is was married to Deborah Kaplan what's his name um i can do it Breckenmeier 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 it was uh and anyway uh that was just really that whole thing was really funny like the, the Oh you the, do the thing with the, the like, fingers? <laughs> Oh my God! Could you tell him to stop doing the face, <laughs> the face. I've been doing it you know it's just like and then they're like it, 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 maybe your mom should have given you a better face. I don't know it's just like the whole like argument was so stupid in their banter and then like the whole you know just the whole like uh manipulation, but it was also the stupidest reasons and the like the most like ma- immature stuff I mean kudos to um, you know, our villains in this movie for just like embracing the absurdity I think Alan Cumming and Parker Parker Posey, like the whole thing is just ridiculous yes, it's It's almost a parody it rides that Uh, line of
0: like being an airplane hotshot style parody but doesn't go over that edge
1: right, I just like so, so different from like any of the other roles that they play, I mean Alan Cumming is like, kind of a serious guy, although, I mean, he's definitely taken turns, like, you know, X-Men and stuff like that, so he's not afraid to try different things, right. but to me, I consider him kind of a more serious actor, um, and uh, just, I don't know, just to see him play, like, such a just a silly, silly villain, it was just, like, it was a lot of fun, and, you know, this is probably the first time I was introduced to, like, Paolo Costanzo, although... He has done a lot of other stuff, and I I think you know I don't know if he was on he was on like road trip right before that, and I, he had that show with like Matt LeBlanc I think. He did you go like see that nephew. Joey?
0: Did you go see a taping of that?
1: No. I'm sure you, I thought you did. I thought you went down with mom dude. and
0: Saul. Okay.
1: Dude, I remember what I know, dude. No, I did not. Um, he was like his his. Nephew, I guess, is several years later, so this is my first introduction to him. And then, got, you know, got to know him years later when he was on a very long run of Royal Pains on the USA channel. I don't know if you've Never seen, seen that it. or not. But,
0: this is the first time um, I saw Missy Pyle, who became kind of a thing for a while in these kind of comedies.
1: Oh, I mean, she's just so, like, obnoxious and, and irritating. And um, there's so many, like... If you really watch the shit that goes on, like kind of in the background of the of the scenes, especially the very first scene where you, they introduce them in like the kitchen, there's like a ton of like um, mistakes and uh, inconsistencies um, with the things that she's doing. I don't know if you you go back and watch it, okay. just just watch her. It's so weird because there's like. I mean, the, she's doing these things with her hands and then they cut away and then cut back to her and she's doing something completely different. And it's just like, I don't know, There's, there's just it's just weird. Um, I realize that, you know, sometimes movies have those kinds of things. And anyway, um, but she was super annoying and I wanted to punch her in the face through the entire movie. Um, and I love, but I did love the like tongue-in-cheek stuff where she should, he's, they're on the plane and he's like, why are you here? She's like, because it was in the comics. And he's like, what? <laughs> she's like, She's like, nothing. Never
0: mind. My favorite favorite line besides the Snoopy one is at the very end when that agent comes in, he goes, good lord, there's a skunk on that woman's head. Oh, no, never mind. That's all kinds of wrong, though. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean, this movie really does have just an enormous amount of, like, great lines. Um, And... Who people really don't know that how far one pack of ramen can go i mean these ladies are just like they're hustling but they're not doing a good job they're trying (laughs) but (laughs) the fact that three ladies have to have to share one pack of ramen makes me hurt inside yeah especially (sighs) since it's like
0: 15 cents a package when this movie came out
1: I know. So it's like, you know, they have, like, the typical, like, makeover scenes and, like, the practice scenes and, like, the getting-to-know-you scenes and stuff like that that were a lot of fun. And I love the fact that literally, like, nothing changed. I mean, they maybe got a little bit, like sparklier outfits and had a little bit more makeup on but they had literally the same hairstyles and they made it all like it was like a big deal you know and it was like they were exactly the same
0: the uh what i was gonna say real quickly is uh the you know why they got this job to direct or write and direct this movie right no uh the year before they had written the second flintstones movie viva Loc- viva rock vegas And so Hanna-Barbera already knew them, so they trusted him to do this. And that's how they got Alan Cumming because Alan Cumming is in that as the Great Gazoo.
1: Oh, I've never
0: seen it. It's terrible. Hmm. Uh, but he was really funny, and then he's this weird little green alien, and they do these special effects on him that make him look really strange. But that's how they were able to get this. But I also wanted to say that I guarantee you, Seth Green and Meyer are good friends because they're the same size, they look the same, you know they were always up in the same casting. <laughs> you know, they are just sitting outside the hall together for everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. They probably, and plus it's like, we know how young Seth green started acting i wonder how young breck and Meyer was like but they were always do, going out for the same stuff oh so uh this is i was trying to read what it was that they made them stop not not do for the movie but i can't it says <laughs> archie due to the level of profanity and adult themes, the family friendly firmly Archie Comics, which published the original Josie and the Pussycat stories, would denounce the film and discourage people from seeing it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the... They make it sound like it was <laughs> like a
0: porno parody. This is not Josie and the Pussycats, a triple X parody. Yeah,
1: I, that, that really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, yes, it's PG-13 and yes, there's like stuff, but really? Come on, man. Um, The other thing I was going to say... Oh, I, I totally forgot about the Eugene Levy, like like video where he, you know, um, tells the FBI guys all about the the hidden agenda and stuff. I I love that little bit with him. Um, and then let's just like mention the music. Like we talked a little bit about the writing and stuff, the people involved. But I will say, you know, it's interesting that they chose three people to be in a band that don't actually. Play instruments or sing um, when it's such a heavy heavy part of the storyline. Uh, the voice of Josie is um, the lead singer of Letters to Cleo, Kay Hanley, which I don't know that a lot of people know Letters to Cleo. I, I was going to literally
0: ask you I know the name. What are they famous for?
1: Late, late, late 90s bit of something i don't know they came i mentioned them to you when we did the the podcast for um um 10 things i hate about you because there was a that's the band i think that was playing in the club when he he like happens to see oh no that was the raincoats wasn't it uh, oh, no. They were the ones playing in the club, I think, when they had that scene there. And then they had some music on the soundtrack. I don't really know. They must have had a couple of songs in the 90s. But I don't really think that they're really, like, wherever that big. So I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Jane Whedland. Jane Whedland wrote one of these songs. Actually, she wrote more uh-huh. than one of these songs from the Go-Go's. Wow. They have a lot of people. They must have... Put a lot of money into this album. The album sold very well, considering the movie was uh, <laughs> not very successful.
1: Yeah. I might I might still... Oh, oh yeah. One of the songs was also... Uh, Adam Duritz helped write one of the songs, too.
0: Uh, is that Counting Crows? Yeah, man.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I should know this. Um, I know, but... It's all right, man. You, you know, that wasn't your favorite band in the 90s. It was mine. Why did I hate I them so Pete.
0: much? I love them now. They're fine. And just something I don't know. I think
1: I've seen them, like, more than almost any other band I've ever seen. Wow. Live. Um, And that's the total of, like, two times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've actually seen uh, Death Cab for Cutie three times, I think. So I think I've seen them the most. Anyway. Um, uh, Anyway, so... Uh, Do we have anything else we want to say about this? Not really. It's
0: just, it's a lot of fun. It's very silly. It borders on parody, but I think there's a lot of uh, heart in it. And this is the liveliest I think you're ever going to see Rachel Lee Cook. She was not exactly known for being, um...
1: No, she was, like, kind of more subdued. Yes, not
0: stone-faced. Well, she did that... Remember that pilot for the show Fearless or whatever she did? And they uh, realized how... I do. Apparently the, the (laughs) the pilot was good, but they said, no one's going to tolerate that face, that stone face every single week, so they cancel it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's really funny. I know we... I, I 100% remember watching that. And it's just like, it doesn't make any sense because uh like i get that she was supposed to there's something special about her where she didn't have fear but there's still going to be like adrenaline and shit like i don't quite get it um and now i will say for the most part she is in a shit ton of like hallmark movies
0: what why so, why, do, make, why does hallmark make a hundred have- movies a year I, why can't you go for quality over quantity? I don't fucking understand. That. I
1: don't know. There's like a there's a whole Hallmark like network now. You know, there's no. not just the channel on the TV. It's like a streaming thing. But they've already I made like I'm a
0: thousand serious. movies. Like, why is it every Christmas there's the thirty more? All the movies
1: that she has are like, oh, but she's gonna be in the remake of She's All That called He's All That.
0: Oh, sure that's shocking. That's to adorable. You.
1: So exciting! Is and it going to be with their children, Mar- like
0: Freddie Prince Jr. back Mark, Mark
1: Waters, which really weirds me out. Is oh, directing
0: it. yeah. All right, I'm listening because I like Mark Waters. Oh, well, Mark, Mark same, Waters.
1: Same writer, I think, as the original. R oh, okay. Lee Fleming Jr. Does that sound right? I don't. know. Anyway, um, I'm not really into the you know remake and flip it thing. I think that's lazy, but whatever. Um, keep doing your Hallmark movies. I guess. Yes, whatever pays the bill. What What do we do
0: for a living? Well, no, you have a good job. I have a stupid job. I will do every Hallmark movie uh, for the rest of my life. If I did one Hallmark movie every month for the rest of my life, they were all shitty. You gave me $5,000. I'm fucking good. I don't care.
1: <laughs> yeah, she also does, like, voices for, like, of fantasy video games and, like, Star Wars cartoon, Old yeah. Republic and stuff. She looks like, like an anime like
0: character. Just, <laughs> she looks like something from... She kind of
1: uh, does. She has, like... She has like, kitten eyes or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The problem is, I think a lot of
0: people expect her to do eyebrow acting. You know, like, George Clooney did that for a really long time. Eyebrow
1: acting. I 100%. There's there's the eyebrow acting, but then there's also, like, the um, mouth acting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's okay, dude. Like, she had her moment where she was hot shit. You know, she made some movies that I really like. I don't necessarily think that they were great movies, but, you know... Whatever. Yeah. You you
0: do you, girl. <laughs> All right, ready for our second film?
1: Um, yeah, sure.
0: I was asking the audience. It's so rude. They said yes. Okay, so coincidentally, I'll let you off the hook. Um, Band Slam is our second film, a movie I knew nothing about. I may have seen it like once, like on a Friday, where it's like, hey, $5 weekend special. Like, what the fuck is Band Slam?
1: Yeah, and- you totally, you put a lot of trust in me to... To, rec- to suggest this as the partner yeah. Um, but I, and I hope, I don't think I failed you. No,
0: I love this movie. This is the best of the duo. I shouldn't have watched it in the because there's so much more dramatic weight to this and I'm going to tell you until I got into the movie, I thought Shia LaBeouf was the kid in the back. <laughs> and I thought the movie was older than it was. How do you say his name? The Shia, kid in the back. Shia LaBeouf on the poster.
1: Oh yeah, you know, I don't know who this kid is. I don't know that I've ever seen him. <laughs> I no Otherwise, idea. Galen... Connell? I have no idea who he is. He directed um, an you know, action he's...
0: movie recently. I watched the trailer. It's okay.
1: Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, yeah, no, he's totally, like, an unknown. I've never seen him in anything else. I says he was in Chocolat, which I have seen. I don't remember him. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting because the you know, Josie and the Pussycats was like, you know... She, Made in two thousand, came out two thousand one. This was at the kind of the end of that, you know, time period. It was like two thousand nine when it came out. They both they have very different feels for a lot yeah. of reasons. You well, know? a lot of
0: this seems to be influenced um, by the contest craze that we're getting in reality TV.
1: Yes, I agree with that. Um, also, it has a very. I don't want to say I don't want to say Disney. I, I mean there are some Disney kids in this, you know, a little more grown up, but some of these kids were for Disney kids, but also it has more of a like uh Nick feel where it's a little bit more mature and um you know, but still I mean it's still PG. I mean it's, you know, not there's nothing bad in it. But, you're right, there is definitely a seriousness to the storyline. Um, it also has a message, a very different message, but, um, you know, a really valuable one. Uh, the guy who directed this movie, Todd Graff, he, um, I think what he, only thing he had directed before this was Camp, which um you maybe have not seen and a lot of people haven't seen but for like musical theater nerds yeah. this is kind of like gold this is like oh. the first movie that um that had um oh shit what's her name Anna Kendrick Was this was her first movie um and she was you know 15 or something okay I've heard came. of it and I
0: know it got a lot of buzz when it much came out younger I haven't seen it. I yeah, know. It's... I know him mostly as an actor because he was in The Abyss and then he was yeah. in Opportunity Knox as Dana Carvey's best friend yeah
1: he has a lot more credits as an actor Death to Smoochie yeah definitely um, Strange Days so uh, and he really he only directed one other uh, other than Camp after this he directed one other music based movie which is Joyful Noise um, not a great movie, but also uh, can has you know it's enjoyable in some ways. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's Dolly Parton versus Queen Latifah and like I don't know, it's kind of it, it can be enjoyable if you let it. Um, anyway, so I read um, you know there's this really great thing. Uh, you know the main character, what's his name? Will. Yes. Is that his name? He. Um, For whatever reason, he writes these, like, letters to David Bowie, right?
0: Yeah, you know, at first it was going to lose me. I was like, is this one of those, like, star-loving, you know, like, it's smooching up to them. Like, uh, God, there was another movie like this where they are just setting it up the whole time because, you know, they're going to show up later, they're going to show up later. Oh, um, I'm going to say it's called Characters. I watched it recently. It's a really good movie about a kid who works Hmm. at um, an amusement park uh, the summer before he goes off to college. And it gives I you, like, think. a lot of the details of what it is to be at, like, a Disneyland kind of thing, to be a mascot. Oh. And, uh, but in it, they keep dropping these little things about his favorite man, band is the Moody Blues. And I was like, the uh, th- Moody Blues are going to show up in this later, aren't they? And yes, but it's so heavy-handed in this. And in fact, I forgot yeah. about the whole Bowie thing. And then at the end, when he shows yeah. up, you're like, oh,
1: oh, that's great. I mean, yes, it, it, it was a thing. But they didn't make it like the thing. Yeah, it was part of who he was because he needed some, you know, male figure to look up to. Um, because for reasons that you know they take a very very long time to let us know, he his relationship with his dad is very non-existent because of poor choices that his dad made. Right. I mean, this uh, is spoiler-filled. Deeply, we can talk about deeply it. affected yeah. him. Yeah. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna say, but if you don't care, that's
0: no, we'll say. get to it. We, and, the, we, and I hope that people know in this yes. show. We're hoping that you've already seen the movies, but um, yeah. What? But I
1: love the fact that he really did show up at the end. It was so little, but he um, said that he wanted to do a cameo in the movie because he was a really big fan of Camp and he and Todd Graff. So he kind Of did it as a favor, yeah. and I think that's really cool.
0: Well, it helps that he can also act a lot of times when they have yeah, these yeah. heavy handed cameos, you're like, Oh, fuck it and then the guy can't act. The guy from Moody Blues in that movie he cannot act for anything, it's awful, yeah, it drags the movie I can down. See that. Um, well, I want to say this though Todd Graff uh directs this as more of a sitting back and observing uh, yes. their lives, whereas in uh, Josie and the Pussycats they obviously and it's they direct it different than Can't Hardly Wait because they clearly studied how music videos at that time were and yeah, you know TRL yeah. and how things were edited so there's a lot of montages that could basically be the music videos you, know, you could literally cut those and throw them on TRL and they might have um, so it's really in your face heavy editing whereas yeah. this one he lets it breathe it feels like you said it does feel like TV a little bit because it feels like A drama, an hour-long drama is just a little more elaborate.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the the best part about this is that it was so so unpredictable. Like, you did not know. I mean, it's not like it was like dun-dun-dun, plot twist. But, you know, you couldn't predict anybody's agenda and like, you know, why was This the most popular senior in school, like reaching out to this nerdy new kid or you know someone she didn't even know. And you know why? What was the motive, motivation behind all these people's behavior? You know, basically, will the main character is um, relentlessly picked on at at his school um, because of things we'll find out later, and um, you know, his mother was so marvelously played by Lisa Kudrow. So lovely. Yeah. It's um, an absolute you know, revelation a, to me.
0: Uh, honestly, when I saw her performance, it's like, a
1: relationship. Yeah.
0: I believe every second of it, I'm like, how the fuck is she always played comedic and kind of stupid? She is a dramatic yes. actress and people need to use her more. You see, I almost wonder yeah. if the casting agent for this um, was a casting agent for Easy A because yes, he cast, I wonder too. Uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Mahaka? Ali Mahaka? Yes. Uh, she was
1: also yes. yeah I don't so know both how them. Inter- say in- Ally Michalka, Yeah, oh, okay. we're both in EZA.
0: Yeah, and I just want to know if he saw this movie and saw what she could do because yes, she's funny and easy A, but a different kind of funny. But then there's a dramatic yeah. turn halfway in that movie where her character changes, and I'm like, holy shit, there is a different side of her that I've never seen before. She may be doing dramatic work right now, but I don't know it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's like, I mean, I think this has you know a little bit more of the more comedy but still there's some seriousness to it um for her too um you know i love their their dynamic the fo- the mother-son dynamic and how she's just like he's like you're starting to smother me like you she's like but you're pulling away he's like because you're smothering me you know um and just but she's you know uh finds a new job and moves News, you know, moves so he can go to a different school so he can have a fresh start and hopefully have a more pleasant um high school experience because she's also tired of him um being being picked on because of of things that happen to them. Um, so he meets these kids, you know, he makes friends with uh beyond beyond all logic, the most popular girl in school who was, like, head cheerleader and all this stuff, but she she quits everything that she had done for reasons that, again, we'll find out later. Um, And then, you know, this strange, moody (laughs) girl he meets um, named Sam, the five of silence, which is just brilliant and amazing. And I love Vanessa Hudgens, and she's, you know, I think... People think of her in a certain way, and I wish that they'd give her a little bit more Yeah,
0: I honestly was surprised by this, and I believed her. I I kept thinking, now, these two are going to get together? No way. But then you realize how fucking weird she is, that she's just kind (laughs) of with them. And as I started thinking about it, I was like, well, I know people like that in real life. Because Will isn't ugly. He's awkward, but he's not ugly, and he's not a terrible person. So I can see these misfits getting together.
1: Yeah, but also, you know what? Like, Girls also don't care... As much about looks. Yeah. I mean, I know I I can't. I mean, not every girl's the same, obviously, but you know, generally, women tend to be attracted to more things. Right. Well, it helps that he's very driven,
0: and I know a lot of people are attracted to people who are very focused and very driven.
1: Yeah. Plus, he was also weird and funny, and you know, just like new and interesting. Uh, also, like, the the kind of villainy, I guess, villainy character, if we must have a villain, is, you know, Ben, the ex-boyfriend of Charlotte, uh, the also the most popular boy in school with his douchey, douchey Ben.
0: <laughs> I'm guaranteeing I mean, everything... you they love, they love Creed. I just know it. <laughs> Creed was a bit of Oh my god oh god i can see him going down the halls going up to his girlfriend and going with arms wide open
1: (laughs) like just he's just so douchey and um you know i i didn't remember it being scott porter who you know he's done a bunch of stuff movies and he was in i think friday night lights
0: yeah i have no idea who he is yeah
1: while this during the time but the interesting thing is is like he is a singer and I found that out way later on, like, a different show he was on, much later, like, Heart of Dixie. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or not, but mm-hmm. it was, like, a CW show with
0: OC Rachel Girl Wilson. Right? Yeah, okay.
1: But also he's done some, like, you know, off-Broadway shit. And, oh, okay. Um, I forget how I even knew that he was a singer. But uh, an interesting thing that's very, very, very different about this movie uh compared to josie and the pussycats is it's a movie about a band a, like band but this time they made all of the made sure that everyone they cast could sing could play their instruments like this is all legit yeah that was part of their audition well and also so it's, it's like, not
0: it wasn't music of the moment that's a big part of uh, josie and pussycat is what's hot now and let's spoof that yeah Whereas Band Slam is very reflective on the history of rock and roll. The fact yes. that ska music was dead as a doornail by the time this came out. I mean, it was dead by 10 years. And yet, it is a yes. huge plot point in this. Uh,
1: shocked me. Yes, that's true. You know, I mean, it's just all very interesting that, one, the main character of this story isn't a musician. He's not in a band. He, he, is, he is the glue that brings all of these wildly different, talented people together who have, you know, different popularity, different friend groups, different, you know, motivations. And he has the vision to bring them all together because of his love and knowledge and creates something so impressive uh, that um, even though they do not win the Battle of the Bands, they created something even more important and special um i don't know i mean i think the band that won the battle of bands really should have won the band like you know you deserved it but that you know they really created something amazing together um which i really really liked yeah and it was kind of on the fly
0: you know uh so they're all musicians so he's what I love, there's a scene where Allie Machalka's character, I can't remember her, name, her character's name, but she... Charlotte, I think the first time in history, woman splains something to him. <laughs> okay, we always talk about man yeah. But she starts woman-splaining Velvet Underground to him, and then she, he throws her for a loop because he knows exactly yeah. what she's talking about. She's like, oh, who are you?
1: <laughs> yes, I love it. I love all of the exchanges. Like, you know, they acknowledge that she, you know... Over the course of the movie, that she dr- dramatically changes everything about her life, and she like, you know, she's she's immediately grabs him and is just like, "You're gonna do this. We're gonna be friends. This is gonna happen." And he's like, "I don't understand what's happening, but I'm gonna go with it because you're awesome and popular, and I need a friend."
0: Yeah, he um, was so lost and awesome. broken. I would, I hated being a yeah. new kid in school. Uh, yeah, it, it's just in here. It's, it's like, yep, I know exactly what you're You're trying to find your place fast yeah. because it's kind of like prison rules. Exactly. You don't find your group soon. You're the bitch and you're going to get shanked in one way or another yeah. metaphorically. Or
1: <laughs> yeah. So he may, he, you know, she's a, his friend and then Sam is, you know, at, they don't know what they are, but you can kind of see there's something a little different between them. And there's some, confusion about things and some awkwardness that makes conflict for them but um and there's a scene where she like they're together at lunch and charlotte comes up and she's like oh hey i'm charlotte or whatever she's like i know we've gone to school together since the second grade and you used to babysit me and she's (laughs) like okay cool (laughs) all right it's just like you know they they acknowledge that she's not a perfect person that she has loads of flaws but that doesn't mean she's not worthy of you know being being you know having redemption and you know being able to change who she is so you know she was a cheerleader she was super popular and she was mean and um you know the boyfriend is a dick who is just like I said just so just plain as hell. Yeah, and he's such um, a—he's
0: obsessed with bringing Will down. He wants to know who he is. Yes, you know where he came from. Why did he leave and stuff like that? So he can destroy him, and that's a big plot point too that we get to later when it nearly destroys him. It is so close yes. to destroying him, and he rises up and changes the game. He—he he uses that yeah. to power himself. And, and just, that yeah
1: scene almost wrecks me. Yeah, I almost started crying. When, yeah, yeah. So, so can we? Are we gonna give the spoilers about the things that? No, you, we can go ahead now. Yeah, I think we give everybody Charlotte. enough of a
0: warm up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like, so Charlotte, you know, her dad is very important to her and her her little brothers and stuff. And you, she talks about that, but she doesn't doesn't tell you that her dad is dying, that he's been sick for a year, and that propels her to change everything about her, so that she she wants to be a better person. She wants to make him proud. Um, and, uh, that makes her completely change. Yeah, but, but also, well, you're missing husband.
0: the fact that she, didn't she say this is like the bargain that she made with God so that he would yes. live and then when he dies, that's what breaks her?
1: Yes, so she, when he dies, she, you know, with complete understanding totally lashes out at anyone near her because that's what you do when you're in pain, you know? It's so I feel like the the, the depictions of these emotions and the pain feel really real um that you know she doesn't want to hurt him but she's hurting so much that she she lashes out and hurts him anyway. Um so she you know kind of almost completely destroys him again. By how cruel she was in, in her suffering. and um, you know again the the Ben the, the villain guy he digs up all his secrets um, to destroy him because he's jealous of this this little new kid like he's such a dick finds out you know uh, they call him Dewey and that's how they fuck with him and come to find out Dewey is DUI because his dad, dad uh, was an alcoholic and he uh, would drink a lot and drive places and he killed someone um, and went to prison and so there the people in his hometown that's why he was tortured and, and pest you know just like his whole high school his whole school experience was just relentlessly painful because they were punishing him for something his dad did and, um, that's just the cruelest thing you could do to right. a kid. No, his dad was um, in jail, guy, or did his
0: dad die?
1: I think his dad was in prison.
0: I thought he died, and that's, see, what he was trying to see is they were he wasn't around for them to, you know, put their pain into because the kid that was killed was popular. So, since he wasn't around, they took all that pain, and then they put it on Will. I thought he died.
1: Um... Maybe I misunderstood that, but I thought that the, the kid, the, the he did kill a young boy and then went to prison and he was not in his life and that's why he was tortured and also um, why he made up, you know, the story about who his dad was because okay, he okay. was so ashamed. I could be wrong, but I, I thought that that's what they said. Um, so, you know, and then the bully, uh, his new bully, then spreads it everywhere to try to to try to break him Um, and then of course Charlotte kind of throws this in his face in her weakest moment Um, and then really really hurts him and then just feels horrible about it and I love 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 the scene between Lisa Kudrow and her when she you know she jumps she drops out of the battle of bands and uh, Sam takes her place reluctantly and she she wants she goes to the battle of bands because she's like I don't want to interfere I don't want to mess things up but I want to apologize and try to make things right and Lisa Kudrow the mom is just like can you not can you just not do this don't apologize don't try to fix things because if you you know hurt this hurt my kid again he's not going to recover and just like that plea that desperation between both of them like, for for the mom to want to save him for their pain and for her, Charlotte, to say, you know, I have to. I don't think I can survive if I don't make this, try to make this right and have his friendship in my life. Like, it's just like, it's the different kind of sadness. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was super, uh, so good
0: yeah and there's there's a, f- a funny punchline to that it's so strange they picked her because she wasn't known for dramatic work and yet you had to have somebody who could do the funniness too they they picked almost perfect yeah because there's a moment where she's like and i'm not gonna hug you and then a moment like a later say like, all right i'll hug you <laughs> damn it but it's funny but it's also Fine. sweet and uh and then you know they start abusing uh oh no he has to go out and stall because the song they had planned was taken away from them by the jerk the bully and that's what the, twist. And, and and they were like, and she's and you believe her because she's like, well, I worked on the song with him before we broke apart, and he's still, you know, he's using the song. It wasn't planned that way, but that's just the way it worked. But yeah. that fucks him because he was
1: using it to try to like, you know, get her back, It was right? like his, he was like, it was like his big romantic gesture or whatever. And yeah, it's she didn't tell. I mean, she, he had read her, you know her journal, her song lyrics and shit like that. So it's not like she knew anything about it. it, but it happened. So they were scrambling to try to find a new song, you know, and all the little, like, side characters that they had, you know, the Tichella player keyboard, all the, like, different people they pull from the, like, drummer who was, they were all scared of and um, just, they, you know, they pull together, but he has to stall And then some horrible person in the audience starts screaming Dewey at him. And he just, oh, his reaction is just like, oh my God. And then, you know, Lisa Kudrow and and Ali are in the audience and they're just like, what's he going to do? Oh God, please, please pull it together. And he just leans into that. And he's just like, well, you
0: think that he's going to give up. He's starting to walk off. Like, I know. Yeah. And I was like, is that enough time to stall? What's going to happen? And then he's just like, do we, do we, do we want to rock? And I'm like, fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. It's so, it's, it's like one of the most, like the, the, ooh, the tension there is so, so serious. It's like, I, I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm seriously going to die right now. What's going to happen? And that song um, just, and
0: it, of course is a huge scoff and that fucking song rules
1: yeah it's really cool um and I just love like what again like what his vision was and how he pulled that all together such a odd group of kids that you wouldn't think would work together but he makes this like amazing band together and um they're like a you know a little family and um I don't know I don't know if I have any more to say about that
0: this is from Walden Media, I, I, and their big thing was to do adaptions of well known books and i I assumed oh. this was based on a book, and it's not it was an original screenplay uh which they did get a they did an adaptation later for, but that's so weird. Walden usually did it in the opposite direction
1: I didn't realize that i, I guess I also i think Walden i think family movies family films um not just books, but, um, did you, maybe that's also why they have a few, you know, Disney kids in here, (laughs) like, did you know that Ali, uh, God, Mataka, um, she is, we've mentioned this, I've mentioned this before, but she, I guess, still is, but since she was, like, a teenager, has had a band with her sister?
0: It's yeah, you were. T- yeah, okay, yeah. I was trying to remember. I knew it was Ally and something, but yeah, I didn't realize they were a popular uh, band. I remember seeing their albums when I worked at Target, and of course, she was I'm from High School what? Musical, right? What? Love it. No,
1: she's not in High School Musical.
0: Who Vanessa? Who? Vanessa Which Hudgens? One? I thought she was in High School Musical.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you meant her sister AJ.
0: No, no, Sorry. I just remember seeing. The, they had a section of kid albums at Target, and they had like. Uh, uh, Oh, that one kid from My H- Everybody Hates Chris. He was in some Disney movie, and there's a Camp... Some oh, sure. Camp music. Whatever. It's wherever you saw those. I, I remember seeing an Allie and AJ album, I believe. could be wrong.
1: I will say, I will not even lie. I love them. Their songs are so catchy. Oh, wow. And, oh, they're very good. Do I know some uh, of their I mean, songs? Are
0: they, like, top ten 80? stuff?
1: I think they have a couple of songs you might recognize. But, um, I just think that they're, you know, they write their songs, they play their own instruments, you know, they, considering, you know, teen, teeny kind of bands, I was, I found them pretty impressive, comparatively. Um, but, you know, she's done a ton of stuff beyond the Disney years. Okay. Uh, she wasn't, I guess, got her start in, like, Phil of the Future, and then, but she's, she was on, like... Oh, she's been on MacGyver, the MacGyver remake for four years. Huh. Also, at the same time, she was on iZombie um, for four, four or five seasons, which she was super great in. Um, But yeah, she's she's a great actress, but, but also, like, her and her sister really are very musically talented. And I really appreciate the direction that they went with this movie and actually. You know, wanting their their stars to be able to sing and play the instruments.
0: You know like uh, there's a kid in this ruins the
1: movie. But yeah.
0: go ahead. There's a kid in this. Uh, yes, who looks like a toad. <laughs> he looks like the toad character from the Mario games. But I honestly thought that was the guy in Pink Spiders. <laughs> yeah, the you know the the drummer that's really kind of goony looking. I thought that was him. And I looked. Oh. I was like, oh no, they look totally different. Like
1: I have to look him up. I mean, I know him from a few things. There was, like, a period of time where he was, like, in a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, recently. I feel like I saw him a bunch for like, a while
0: around that age, and then I never saw him again.
1: The the movie, or what I first knew him from, but I think it was around the same time, was the HBO show with um, Thomas Jane um, called Hung. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen the first couple he seasons. He played his son in that, um, and I think that was, it was around the same time, but... Um, I think that's what I most knew him from, but I haven't really seen him. I mean, I think that, you know, with a lot of like teen actors, it's like for, a, a, a they're often like all over the place for a short period of time. Um, and then, you know, just because they're like, what's hot or whatever. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, sometimes um, it's just something they're entertaining for a while and they go off and do something else. Like obviously this kid, uh, Galen Connell uh, Connell was more interested in behind the scenes um, yeah. instead of being in front of it. And that happens to a lot of actors. Um, uh, did you ever see uh, Mr. Belvedere? Leslie, the little boy?
1: Uh, what about
0: him? Uh, he is now like a producer and writer, director, whatever, and he does his own independent oh. stuff. And, and sometimes people are more interested that's in cool. being behind the scenes than in front of uh, the camera. Yeah,
1: no,
0: that's cool. Um, I want to say... You rec- know
1: what, he... Cut- That bug guy kind of reminds me of like Clark Duke, yes, Um, but also in the same like, in the same like, oh, he was like everywhere for a bit because you know, he's he they thought he was funny and he served a purpose, but I don't really see him that much anymore. It's kind of the same idea, I guess, but yeah, well, Clark Duke's a a director now, too.
0: Yeah, he just did uh, Arkansas.
1: WOO! cool, good job, buddy. Um, so I guess the wrap up is well you said you wanted to say something
0: one last thing the writer Josh Kagan uh, he uh, started off on this it's so weird looking at what he started off on and how he got to this point he started writing a Mm -hmm. cartoon series for MTV called Undergrads which is brain dead stupid fluff it's okay but there's no emotional depth and to see him go from that to this is shocking but you know what he wrote Uh after this which I absolutely love The Duff. The Duff is fucking great is it, to me, the, I, is the Duff, would that go well with something like uh, Can't Buy Me Love? It feels like something maybe. in that realm. Or, yeah.
1: One of those, like, one of those, like, kind of makeover things, like, maybe she's all that, or, yeah, I think so. But, you know, yeah, I was just seeing that he, he wrote the Duff, which I really, really enjoy. Um, so we definitely need to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, that is a huge, uh, huge change. Um, so good job to you, sir. Um, he clearly does a lot of Disney stuff. He did the Kim Possible live-action movie, uh, some a new one that I just saw. I mean, I haven't seen it, but I noticed it on the Disney Plus channel, Upside Down Magic. Um, so he's doing stuff, but mostly family-friendly things now. Um, so basically the wrap-up is, you know, two mo- two movies about music that are, you know, obviously teen-friendly, um, very different approaches, very different vibe of the early 2000s, end of 2000s. Um, different messages, but they both definitely have them. And I would just say that they're very, both very enjoyable, but for very different reasons. Yeah. If you really want to see a movie with a lot of heart, see, watch Band Slam. I, mean, I don't really think a lot of people have seen I I don't I even know how I have seen it. Or how it came on my radar, but uh, it's so worthy of a watch. It's very underrated.
0: No. So. Yeah. Well, and Josie the Pusscat's about a band that's already made, that gets unmade. And Band Slam yeah. is about a band that has already deteriorated and they try to rebuild something out of the ashes. Yeah. I, I'd still say Band, Band Slam a better one but if you just want a fun, silly time and there is some heart and, and satire that has some brains to it in Josie and the Pussycats don't let the fucking critics I, the, I read some of the reviews and they were brutal I don't know what was up their butt about that movie
1: yeah, I don't think we're watching the same movie
0: or maybe it's just because they're so much older and they don't get it because we were watching MTV, we were listening to these bands so we got what they were parodying maybe people that were watching yeah. this didn't get it yeah, maybe not
1: maybe they didn't
0: All right, everybody. Check us out on Facebook under Video Night Podcast. You'll find all our episodes there. Um, And du jour means goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) What is du jour? What do you want to say? Du jour means fuck off. Mm.